Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ausbiz. This is The Call. We take a look at 10 stocks that you suggest. And instead of adding in a set of steak knives for watching, we have a bonus extra stock of stock of the day that we uh, put to uh, two experts on our panel for their adjudication over the next 60 minutes. So it's great to have your company for the next hour or so, made even better by the dynamic duo that we have on the panel today. Uh, Claude Walker from A Rich Life. Claude, how are you, sir? G'day, very well. Had a good week? Yes, uh, well, a busy week, actually. I had my grandmother's funeral, but oh, yeah, it was, sorry to it hear was that. a beautiful funeral. I'm sure she would have been proud. Excellent, excellent. Well, good to have you aboard today. And Rudy Philippic van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, good to see you. How's your week been? I'm looking at the other guys that you were talking about. Otherwise, <laughs> Good. Always a lot of fun having you two because you're both very different in your uh, investment and trading outlook. And in fact, uh, Claude was just telling a story that he won't mind me telling you. He's talking to his father-in-law about a particular stock that we're going to cover today. And the father-in-law said, oh yeah, okay, but I'll wait to see what Rudy says about it. So that's, isn't that a typical, um, anyone's typical father-in-law will slap you down. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get straight into it because we've always got a lot to talk about with these two. And uh, stock of the day, thought we'd take a look at um, home fragrance and candle retailer Dusk. Uh, only recently listed, came out with a trading update uh, this morning saying its March quarter sales jumped 44% on the prior corresponding quarter to just over $27 million. Earnings before interest tax um, and margin climbed um, 17 and a half percent now guiding for underlying earnings between 38 and 40 million dollars in financial year 2021 versus 12 million in financial year 2020 uh, Claude that's good result what do you think of the result what do you think of it as a stock well so as you know uh Retail's not exactly my favourite place to invest, but I Hang also... Temple, you were a Templar Webster fanboy yeah. and rode it from 
really well, well and I told us about but it I always, from the very bottom. I always the sell them too early. I, I didn't hold it to the top. I always sell these retailers too early because right. I never have the conviction to hold retailers long term. There's never been a, a long term retail hold in my portfolio. So oh. for, because I always prefer to find the recurring revenue companies with software and tech and that kind of thing. They're right. the ones that I can sort of cling on to for five, 10 years. But retailers, I sort of see them when they're so up and down and cyclical and they can be in vogue and then they can be out of vogue. I tend to have a, a shorter period with them. Right. But having said that, I actually think Dusk is one of my favorite retailers right now. And it would so happen before I knew this was the stock of the day, I actually did buy some shares in Dusk this morning oh, after this right. after this guidance update was given. Right. And now, as you can see, since they've IPO'd, they've been on a strong run. And this is the second time I've owned shares in them because they basically just seem, they seem cheap based on their results. And it seems like they have listed at a sort of really good time when I guess more people have been buying candles and, and putting stuff around the home because they've been yep. spending more time, that people have more money because they haven't been traveling overseas. So they've had that headwind. And also just the size of the company that they're at, it's just meant that they've just been crossing over um, you know, into profitability. So this time last year, you know, their underlying EBIT, which is sort of a measure of profitability, yep. was negative. And then it's popped up to in, in this most recent quarter about 5 million. So they've just passed that sort of inflection mm. point, which is, which is what I like to see. So for me, it was like, it's a little buy. I took a little nibble at pretty, about 322, I think I bought. Right. Um, and, and so for me, it's, it's one that I want to hold whilst they're in this inflection point period. Let's get a right. full year of good, profitable results. And then I'm thinking there'll be more fund managers talking about it. People um, who prefer to see uh, a longer tr track record before buying, right. they might be more interested okay. in the stock. There'll be a bigger pool of people then, and I'm hoping that I'll get a decent profit out of it, maybe 50% or more in yeah. about a one-year holding period. That's sort of the plan at the moment. But of course, if I get that 50% or, or around that before then, or even 25, 30, I might just take profits already. So don't put this down as a, a Claude Walker high conviction one. This is one I just think is a bit undervalued. Okay. Ready? I hear all these numbers. I'm thinking, what's wrong with eight or ten percent? <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, you were all happy with eight percent per <laughs> annum. That's right. <laughs> what? Well, you think he's a bit greedy? You can be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to correct him at one stage. Um, some some of the retailers you can hold for longer. Like uh, yeah. Visa is a very good example. Uh, I mean, it has done Visa, exceptionally yeah. well. Premier. Premium investment, another yeah, example, yeah. absolutely, yes. And, and JB Hi-Fi during yes. the, the good times, I mean, yeah. it's actually amazing. But there was a point to be made that it's a very cyclical business. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, we, we had the, the higher risk strategy now from, from Claude, and I, and I would agree with all of that. Um, I mean, when companies list, the first thing you wanna look at is, is how they perform after listing. Yeah. Not just share price wise, because that's, that's investor sentiment, but also how they come out with their numbers, stuff like that. I mean, big tick, these guys come out and they're doing doing really well. Yeah. That's big thing to start off with, but it doesn't tell you anything about what, what's going to happen in three, four years time from yeah. now. So here's the lower risk strategy, because I own stocks like NextDC, uh, Babcor, Zero. They're all listed over the past seven, eight, nine years. Okay. I never bought them in the first six months or so. I mean, I yeah. I let them do their thing, yeah. and then that it, it, it gives you an idea of how they're performing and maybe with, with some headwinds and with, with some longer time and how the market perceives so this is six things months like now. that. So that's for me, it's very short. Now. Six months in a lifetime is nothing. Right. Okay. The, what, what investors should, should uh, keep in mind is that if it's really a success story, like for example, Elovisa, Babcor, Zero, yeah. whatever, 
you can buy in later, and there's a lot of gains still to be made, but you've, right. you've, you've substantially uh, reduced your certainty. risk. Yes. Right. So that's the lower risk strategy. If you want to go with higher risk strategy, then yeah, it's, it's probably uh, not, not too bad an idea to, to go on board when they're doing really, really well. Yeah. But keep in mind what, what Claude says as well. Don't marry them, right? Yeah. At, at the time being, just, just yeah. start with, with nibbling and, uh, and see what happens. So would you be nibbling at this at the moment? Well, um, I have to say no, because otherwise it's going into portfolio. Yes. Um, it's a hold with a, with a close eye on things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, just kept it out. I have this view, um, particularly candles and things like that. I know, and scents and air purifiers. Yeah, and you don't know, all locked a, up, we're buying but that they're, stuff. they're sort of little rewards yes. that people give themselves. Yes. It's a bit yes. like, uh, in the US, don't they have that lipstick index uh, oh, yes. on economic yes. performance? Yes. Because, you know, it's a small treat yes. that people buy themselves. And that is the question mark that I mean, yeah. we're all locked up. We're all buying candles and air purifiers and scents, yeah. but are we going to do that next year? And that's, yeah. that's the bit's the big yeah, question. And that's mark. why I feel like it's not a super high conviction yeah. one for right. me, because I think now it's going to be longer than we think before we're traveling. It's, so it's, I think maybe yeah. we've still got a while of this theme, but I do want but to But you get burn out. a candle, you can't burn a couch. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's <laughs> a good point, actually. It's more recurring. That's a great point. Yeah. All right, let's get into uh, the 10 stocks that you want to view on. And uh, Rudy John... Wants a view on Fortescue Metals, yes. Andrew Forrest, um, Iron Ore um, Giant yes. at the moment. Let's start with the bad news. Mm -hmm. right? we, um, we added some extra data to the F&W website this week. That's not the bad news, by the way. Right. But <laughs> it, well, it, made, it made me appreciate, again, how exceptional the circumstances are for iron ore producers like, uh, like Fortescue. Right. The, the cash flows, the profits, the, the dividends for shareholders... Um, if you put it into an, an, an historical framework, it's absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, your eyes, mind pop, your eyes yep. pop out of your head if you want to pay yep. attention to that. It's, it's amazing, right? It's exceptional. And the characteristic of exceptional means it won't last. That's the yeah. bad news. It's definitely a given it won't last. Right? Right. Now, the big question mark, and this is the big the debate we have in the market now. We're all agreeing that it won't last. But at what point exactly do we get do we get the, 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 the cutoff that it goes only south? Yep. And that's the big debate now. So if you own Fortescue, just be aware that it's, ex it's exceptional circumstances. We already had, from memory, two years, I think now, of really, really exceptional dividends mm -hmm. coming to shareholders. There's probably another year, maybe two years to go I recently said to, when I was asked about Fortescue, I said, listen, the, 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 the forecast I can make with quite a lot of uh, certainty is that on a three-year basis, it won't last. I just can't pick that moment between now and three years from now, when exactly that is going to run off and we're going to have a, a much lower share price and much lower uh, dividends. Okay. So you're saying no for Fortescue. It's, come, it's for come down a long way. For line. me, I would, I would prefer to have a company that has more upside forward right. instead of having the question mark, when is it going to fall off a cliff? Okay, so falling off a cliff in terms of its results, its share price, or you're talking <coughs> the iron ore price? Well, they're all, they're all related all because related if price. iron ore goes lower, which... Yeah. On some analysts, so what is it about 150? No, it's about 170 now. 170. So on some forecast, it will be 
100 dollars in 2022 that's ah. that's 70 percent lower but they did say that a year ago that's that true and that's why the main that the timing is always yeah. so if that happens you will get lower cash flows lower profits right. you will get lower dividends and you will get a share price that will be hit by a double whammy so what's that share price is that based on 170 dollars do you think or is that no it's, based it's, it's probably based it coming down yeah, to yes it probably 100. yes no it's not that's not 100 that right. is probably more like 140 or so right the market hasn't really priced in the top no. That's why you have a high yield on and it. That's why it's come down from the a little eight. bit, but also that's why you have a high yield on the stock. The market never goes, oh yeah, 170 into eternity, not right. happening. Okay. But it, there's definitely not $100 in there. Okay. Claude? Well, I obviously agree with uh, what Rudy's sort of saying in terms of the, the sensitivity to the iron ore price. So what yeah. I did was I thought, well, obviously we know that these kind of mining companies, it's not where I tend to play. So yeah. I thought, I, but I did think a little about, you know, what I think about Fortescue now, what would I do now, for example, if I own shares? And it seems to me that the, the forecasts, at least in the short term, are still for, you know, high demand for steel, which then flows through to high demand for iron mm. ore. But of course, uh, that doesn't mean high prices for iron ore are going to last forever, far from it. So in terms of the short-term momentum, you've got massive rising dividends since 2018. And so that'll make it a crowd favourite for, for many people who like dividends. Yeah. Uh, you've got good short-term forecasts for world steel demand, etc. So would I be in a rush to get off, the, well, get off now? Certainly not. But generally speaking, after a really strong run, you may have a large position in Fortescue now already because you bought a few years ago and that's when I would be of a mindset to definitely start trimming because we don't know how long these yep. are cyclical business we don't know how long the good time's going to yep. last I definitely don't I think I'm not saying oh we're, we're at it now we've gone over the edge and it's downhill definitely not I think we've got more so in these kind of situations where I think a stock is very fully priced, but still a good business. Great operator within iron ore. Everybody knows Andrew yeah. Forrest really knows what he's doing and he's proved the doubters who I used to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. So as a result, wouldn't be in a hurry, but I would be leaning towards taking some profits. Mm. And I guess would that Would you be new into it? I definitely, I think it's too late now. You're too right. late in the cycle. So yeah. it's more of a hold trim for me, but I would not want to call it a sell just because I think if you do want to invest in iron ore miners, this, this is a good one mm. to con like it's it's definitely well, it's one of the pure, top three. It's right? a pure play. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. So, and also, Andrew Frost is like quite forward thinking and stuff. So, as yeah. the whole world changes in and there are new challenges, I would back him probably to adapt better than perhaps some of the other, like BHP and Rio. Yeah. So, generally, as as a great operator in the in the segment, I'd I'd I don't want to say a sell to it, but yeah, okay. I would probably be trimming or call it a hold at this point. All right, there you go, John. Good discussion on Fortescue there. Uh, Peter wants a view on Meridian. This is how well Peter knows these two. Um, I know the experts haven't been keen on energy companies such as AGL recently. Wondering what their thoughts are on a green energy company, Meridian Energy. Uh, of course, it, it generates electricity using 100% renewable sources, wind, water and sun, always will be. Um, so it's a very big thematic of yours, Claude, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, I, I love the way, Peter, that you sort of pick the experts and it's good. Yeah, so Meridian Energy, I really have always taken a little interest in because there are a lot of uh, companies that talk about clean tech and yep. green energy and stuff on the ASX that 
don't have revenues, don't have profits, definitely don't have dividends. What they do have is like a really good story that gets good-hearted people excited and then actually their business is selling shares. So these guys are not like that. These guys are a big blue trip New Zealand company. One of, you know, it's a a huge generator of renewable energy in New Zealand. And it is a much, much smaller player in Australia. People my age might actually have encountered Meridian through their um, retailer in Australia, which is called PowerShop, which is one that is marketed heavily to my age group. And it actually, it is, I use them myself. So I quite like them as a customer. Now, the thing to, to keep in mind in terms of that share price chart is there is a large customer of Meridian in New Zealand, an aluminium smelter. Mm. And this smelter has basically been on the rocks for years. Ever since they listed this one, was listed as a risk. There's a big risk. It's going to close down, blah, blah, blah. It was going to close down in 2021. And now what they've done, and, that, and then they've announced that, right? And, and then what's happened as well is that... Uh, Meridian has then done a big negotiation with them and said, look, it causes all sorts of problems if we lose all of this massive volume straight away. So what we've done is we've negotiated with them to give them very, 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 very cheap electricity just to ease that transition for us. And now what Meridian's doing is talking about, well, what can we encourage and what can be the new demand that takes that in New Zealand? They need New Zealand in the next four, or until 2024, when it goes offline, they need to find a replacement whereby someone is going to be using that power, that cheap renewable power. And one of the ideas that they're a little bit bullish about that really jumped out to me is uh, green hydrogen. So this is hydrogen Mm. fuel made with renewable energy, which is a great idea. We must have this long term. We're going to, in my opinion, see this in our lifetimes as being an important thing. It's been a big push currently here in Australia too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Some of the steel mills with Wyala and... Exactly. And so it's a great idea but you have a lot of people that have very pie in the sky, green hydrogen ideas. I would actually back these guys to probably be a player in this in the long term. But the question is, and, and I like them because in the meantime, you're likely to get a dividend and you know be a profitable company. It's not going to go to zero basically. So right. you can probably maybe get some of that longer term upside without so much risk on, in, in, in the business itself. Having said that, you know, these guys have had to cut their dividend and it's very much a dividend stock. So depending on where you land with the estimates, it's probably yielding between 2% or 3% now. And so that's why I guess like they've cut the dividend. That's why the share price has come down a lot. To me, actually, it looks pretty decent now. I quite, I quite like it as a father-in-law stock. Um, so I, I would have thought that it, it is actually a decent little exposure there. Okay. But um, I don't own it myself. So a yes from you. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Question, question. Is that in the ETF, that stock? Because if it is, I'm really surprised that the share price is not higher than where it is. Because I was thinking that that spike last year, that might be ETF related. Because everyone went into it because Biden was elected. That's possible. Um, Also, it's not so liquid on the ASX because it's dual listed. So maybe that's part of it. Anyway, when Claude talks about my generation, does that mean we're the boomers here? Uh, Yes. And we're not included? Yeah, no. So we're not included? No, we're, we're... the father-in-law category. We are the father-in-law yeah, yeah, category right. because I want to just you make sure I'm, I'm not part and of the boomers. Yeah? No, no, <laughs> and, and, and the fa- father-in-law is depending on yes, your yes, view. Yes, I know. On now, now it comes. Yeah, you need to bring some sanity. <laughs> Pressure on the shoulders. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I have a slightly different view than Claude. Um, I mean, of course, a lot of people are going to like the theme: green energy, yep. renewables, and etc. 
But that is often the, the trap as well, where too, too easily money goes into that sector and people don't pay attention to the, to the, in, to the bus business itself. Now, the business itself here, New Zealand based, still relatively small, and Claude is right by saying it has dividends, it has profits, it has prospects, it has ideas, but it also has generated quite a number of disappointments over the years. Um, I don't know the exact details, but I do know that these guys at one stage had some corporate bonds out there and people lost a lot of money on their corporate uh, bonds. Okay. Um, and Claude already uh, hinted at the, the cut in dividends, that's disappointment as well. I only follow it because it's a relatively small company, it's an emerging sector and all of that, and it's New Zealand based for starters. But I do know that those analysts who covered in the past have on occasion have been a little bit disappointed with, with what they came out in, in terms of and didn't promise something else. So, right. so business wise, sort of lost the confidence of the market. Right. Business wise, I think they have to mature a lot uh, to get my confidence and my attention. But I mean, it doesn't mean it, it's by definition a bad company or a bad investment. It's just I think it's it's probably a little bit more risky and and less stable than than um, than Claude made it out to be okay. so far. Right. Okay. All right. Fair there you go. Thank you, Peter, and uh, and father-in-law. Um, I hope I didn't disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, James wants a view, Rudy, on people infrastructure, basically an HR company, is a um, yeah, it's, it's workforce management, contract staff, recruiting group. Very specialised. They yeah. do uh, nurses, for example, yeah. and, and doctors and, 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 and carers. And, yeah. and so very specialised. It's actually, for me, it's too small so far, right. but it's actually a very um, interesting success story, I think, on, on, on a very uh, basic level. If you look at what they've done over the past few years, and, and it hasn't been uh, listed, I think, something like five, six years, not longer. Um, if you look at the numbers, it, it grows every year. So every year you get a growing dividend, every year you get a growing revenue, etc. etc. Et well, that's if you get you, if you get a higher dividend consistently, you will you will get a higher a higher yeah. share price. Yeah. So that is basically being ref reflecting that. Of course, we had to sell off last year, but it, it yeah. bounced pretty yes. quickly. Yeah, uh, back to a record yes. high. Yes. So on that basis, I think it's actually worth putting on your. Um, on your radar, it might actually be worth uh, adding some to your portfolio. For me personally, I would wait a little bit longer to uh, see whether it grows in, in, a, in a much larger business, maybe gets included in indices as well, then you get the fund managers really interested in all of that. Uh, so for me, it's, it's too small, but I do uh, think if you're a retail investor, you don't always have to look at those things, and I think you can add it to your portfolio, I think. Okay. And then take a longer term view, because it would appear that they are, they, they're obviously growing, right? Right. and they've been doing it every year now. Okay. Um, um, yeah, so I so first of all, the reason it dropped so hard with the COVID thing is because before we knew about JobKeeper, these guys were in big trouble. Yeah. But JobKeeper yeah, yeah. absolutely saved them. So it was like 13,000, I think, employees on. Mm. I may have got that number wrong. I think it's $13 million worth of JobKeeper they got mm. in the last half, yeah. right? Yeah. So this was a big JobKeeper recipient. And look, that was good. And that's great. And that's nothing against it. And I do also agree with Rudy that this has actually been a success story in this space. Now, when this first listed, I took a, a good look at that because I love that it's in the sort of healthcare kind of space. And that's generally a better one to invest in because uh, it's less cyclical than something like construction or whatever. So I'd much prefer a labor hire business in this space than construction. Right. And 
so but for me i've never bought shares in it and and i should have because it's done really well but i never bought shares in it but i'll tell you why it's because basically their growth methodology has been to um largely sort of acquire similar other businesses and what their business model as i understand essentially is is they are almost professional middlemen linking Mm. the people that need labor and nursing etc to the actual nurses that can provide it and they're essentially clipping the ticket between the two so because of that their business model isn't really a high margin moat kind of business like hypothetically anyone can start doing the same thing now i think they've done really well because they've been managing to buy these existing businesses at a reasonable price and it it works out and they've still got cash on the balance sheet they haven't taken on heaps of debt often these kind of companies blow up because they take on debt something goes wrong and, and then you have a huge problem so absolutely it is investable as a business but I read something from a fund manager like recently, which is basically saying that, you know, mediocrity is mediocre businesses are a bit of an enemy of really good returns. Mm-hmm. Part of what one I would argue should try to do as investors, try to get your capital towards the highest quality, really special businesses you can find. And just because of the business margin, being a middleman kind of business model, being a low margin kind of business model, and then also growing mostly by acquisition, they are not the hallmarks of a high quality business. And as a result, purely on business quality, it's, I could never give it a buy basically right. because I just don't see the potential for it to be a super high quality business. Having said that, you know, it has delivered well, it pays dividends, mm. it's not crazily mm. valued now. No. And, and so I'll just go with the hold on it. But uh, yeah, just for me, it, 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 it's counted out just because of its business model, which is of course not the fault of the actual people no. running the business. No, no, it's just absolutely. the nature of it. All right. Okay, thank you for that, James. Now, Claude, Victoria wants a view on genetic signatures. Victoria says, I like their diversity policy as outlined in their corporate governance statement. Victoria, good on you for doing your research down to uh, corporate governance statements. That's terrific. Unfortunately, says Victoria, don't like the share price. (laughs) Not so happy with that. Um, Currently close to a 52-week low. Would love to hear the thoughts of the experts. Yeah, so this is a really interesting story. And um, basically, I actually briefly owned this in the COVID fallout because what happened, I think you can see that big rise in maybe June, July. That was when they're like, hey, we've got a COVID test and we're going to sell this thing. Right. And that has been the transformational thing about this company. Before that, it seemed like very low revenue, very pie in the sky. And it suddenly became super relevant uh, when COVID hit and these guys were able to respond quickly and genuinely and they're getting revenue from this kind of right. thing. So that is really cool. And that's what attracted me briefly and a lot of other people. And what happened is like, if you were quick and you saw this and you're like, oh great, that sounds promising in the middle of COVID, you bought shares and then you see it keeps on going up and up. Yeah, you can see it on the five year perfectly. That yep. big jump, that's the COVID news, the, yep. the test news. And then it keeps on going more and more and more. And then I was like, all right, actually I managed to sell it at a pretty like key mm good time as it turns out uh, and the reason was it's just got way too overvalued but since right. then the actual results are showing great improvement ah. so fundamentally so they had been delivering on that COVID I believe, link i believe so and i took it okay. an, i took another look at it just for this show and you know basically they've turned profitable now they got 4.5 million profit before tax because they got carried forward tax losses they don't have to pay tax yet but if you did want to sort of normalize that for cash, uh, for tax, then the half year would only be about three and a bit if you double it, just right. which is conservative. Then they, um, they're still, they're on a, a, a P multiple of around 30, 40, I think, between that range. Um, 
and look honestly it looks decent to me and this this having looked at it again has definitely put it back on my watch list mm. and the reason is it's not because i'm super excited about the covid test anymore because i figure by now everyone that's capable of selling and making good covid <laughs> tests is doing it right yep. so i think it's going to be hard for them to get really long-term profits from this company however uh, what it's proven, this little episode has proven, is that they were able to act fast and be relevant and get in there. And they've absolutely skyrocketed their revenue. So that, to me, says they've got some really genuinely good tech. They've got some good people. Bang on the top of the watch list. Probably still, I'm not going to be buying it right now, but I think it's interesting. Right. And I, if you have a sort of reasonable small size position and you have conviction in it and everything... I would say maybe this is one you can just hold and, and it'll eventually potentially come good. So I'm going to give it the hold, but right. with the caveat that I'm not buying at the moment. Okay. I think a few things I'd like to point out. Is the reason why I'm often um, preaching uh, more caution towards really, really small cap stocks in the share market is because sentiment is so important for that part of the market and yep. and a lot of investors whether we, whether whether that's wrong or right it doesn't matter a lot of investors judge a stock by by its performance basically if it goes down it's a bad stock if it goes up it's a good stock mm -hmm. yeah what happens in, in in 2020 with and and genetic signatures not it's not the only one is that the excitement comes in everyone everyone is, is basically the, the weight of money flowing in you get a you get a share price that's that's in hindsight is absolutely ridiculous yeah. Um, the fact that that then deflates puts puts such a bad taste in investors' mouth that they think like, oh, it's a very bad company, and nobody's interested anymore, and and the share price just just drops yeah. to it can actually go a lot lower. Yeah. Know? So that's the psychology of the market. There was your small, there's the your small cap uh, yeah. investment. I mean, just as a little bit of a side to mark, I, I looked yesterday at a, at a stock called Zuno. Mm. <laughs> a while ago, I, I couldn't. I couldn't walk into any retail investor that was talking to me about like you should. You should get on board, Rudy. Uh, if you look today, you get a heart attack. Yeah? Yeah, like yeah. it's everyone has lost money who stayed in there. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, that's often is small cap stocks. Yeah? So I do not like when management um, is now going to be concentrated on getting the share price up and issuing all kinds of uh, media interviews and press releases that right. don't have much substance to Story it, driven. which they which they often do. Yeah. But and, and but in the same respect, you can see how management teams can get very frustrated when they are doing not too badly on the operational front, but the share price doesn't move. Yeah? Yeah. So I think with 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 a small biotech, which essentially is what it is, like this, you either have to be confident that um, the market at some stage gets back on board because the numbers look great, or in my case, I would I, I'm more of the I'm not a typical value investor here, so I'm not waiting on the stock which I assume one day will 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 go up. Um, I would just wait until what, what, what management has to, has to offer over the... Because I, I, I'm guessing the big question mark here is, since they got the boost from last year, yeah. is, is that boost, how much of that boost is going to last this year and next year? And that's, I think that's a yeah. valid question yeah. to, to ask. Yeah. And, and that it does look as though COVID's not going away. <laughs> yes, that that is true. That you've, is that you've is, got yeah. you've got funnily enough Pfizer, boss of Pfizer coming yes, out yes. overnight saying, Well you may need a third yes. booster now oh, yeah, and yeah. a shot yes. every year, which you would expect the yes. head of the pharmaceutical company yes. Yes. to sort of yeah. go you need one every month. But uh, we still <laughs> but we still need to see whether a small company like this one will, will, will maximize its benefits from okay. uh, from that staying around. All so right. I would I would have a more of a wait and see approach. But right. there's, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with, uh, with, uh, with Claude. 
um, you could get on board and just wait because the share price does look cheap here. I right. think yeah, I think wait and see is wise, but there's a, there are a lot of little reasons for optimism. Like I see the company has proven itself more yeah. now. Yeah. So you're you're like impressed that. with their management and the way they've actually delivered on well, the story. You're saying stories drive them, yes. but then the outcome of the story is do you turn it into cash and dollars exactly, and sales? Exactly. And they, and they have because we must have had a hundred companies being like, oh, we've got something to do with know, COVID tests now. You, go, you know what I mean? And these guys Everyone actually from Ansel. Um, yeah. It's like every mining company has uranium and lithium on the go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, our fifth stock today, Craig wants a view, uh, Rudy, on PushPay. The came out of New Zealand, New Zealand tech business. Which there, is there is an example of having a, a, a luck with the COVID, basically, and then that quickly disappearing. Right. So PushPay, for those who are not, not familiar with it, um, it helps essentially it's it's a very religious story it helps smaller churches to collect yeah. money electronically yeah, so yeah. you don't have to and big ones too. you don't have to go yeah, yeah yeah but you don't have to go around with the hat anymore yeah, yeah. Um, so they do it electronically the yeah. the irony was in 2000 last year they got such a big boost because people couldn't go to the church anymore yeah. but they could obviously still give money yeah. and that's where pushpay comes in yeah. now that story has really quickly unraveled like the first big wave towards them and then it turns out not the only ones in the yeah. doing this and also people are going back to church now in in yeah. certain places so this is a classic example of short-term boost overall enthusiasm in the share market and it quickly just dissipates yeah. so basically here was a big question mark you know what I mean? this is a young technology company that has now caused a lot of losses for investors right. so it will it will take a while to so to it's reputational damage i'm just well, because say it's just because people smashed. people judge it by the share price yeah, I mean, a lot of people now, would have lost money yeah, now but you look at the five-year uh chart it's down to a five-year low yes and that is that that, that, and that is that effect if too oh if actually too, no sorry that was a that was a share split that, oh, did that it do a share chart split, is yeah? misleading us yeah, yeah so that right. chart is mis it is actually it has come down genuinely but that i think uh, has not historically the big cliff is yeah that's the split but in the broad sense too many people now have lost money and that will leave a bad taste with too much. So it will take a while to wash that right. out. And they, in the meantime, have to have to prove that they're more than a one hit wonder. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I've got an embarrassing story about this. Uh, you went to church? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I did recently, but no, no, not to use not to use Push Bay. Um, I, uh, yeah, so my embarrassing story about this is this is one I've been watching forever, right? Because it is exactly the kind of uh, like tech business that I love. And, and I've come from New Zealand. The Kiwis seem to do these things quite well. Don't yeah, they do. They've got They're some good the So uh, basically, I bought shares in this at a reasonably early time, and it's been going up, up and up and up. But the problem is, for me and the way I invest, is over the last few years, the founders of both Pushpay and then subsequently the significant... They made a significant acquisition church community builder and, and yeah. that founder has also been selling down as well. But over the years, the fa because the founders have been selling out um, and sort of stepping away from the business, that is just through, through like an automatic process I have. That's always a time yes. when I look at the stock and I'm like, oh, yeah. am I happy with my waiting? Is it time for me to take some off as well? Mm. So this whole time when the founders has been um, selling out, I've often been wavering and selling a little bit myself yeah. and stuff like that. But in the meantime, the actual share price just keeps on going up and up. So I've not captured the gains properly. I've just captured a little bit of gains. And then the worst thing was, 
is if we adjust to the current share price pre-COVID, this was at around $1.20. And then just during COVID, when it hit initially, it went down to about 80 cents. Because if you recall, yeah. um, a few of the first big spreading super spreader events were at churches. Right. Mm, and I don't yes. know what was, like, I just missed the reality of what was going to happen. But I was like, oh dear, people are going to stop going to church. They're going to stop donating as much. That's going to be bad for push bay. So I actually sold out then right before it really took off <laughs> right before it took off so if we ignore the last bit of that chart yes, you can see the covid dip yes, and then yeah, yeah. boom up it goes yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that's pretty much just you know just as it was going down the first time is when i sold and then i completely missed the whack the whack yes. back up and uh yeah so truth be told i've not called this one particularly well mm. but then going through the whole thing is yes actually transactions held up really well in fact better because people did more digital giving yeah. and less in person but then the problem is in their most recent results they disclosed very no uh, actual church number growth right so you can mm. still get growth when your existing customers are using more of the service and that's great but the thing that we really love to see when we have these kind of yeah. businesses is the multiplication factor where you have uh, on the one hand growing customer numbers and on the other hand growing mm. usage within existing yeah. customers that's what really gets you that acceleration yeah. growth that's why you can be really bullish yeah. about a stock and that's why you can model strong earnings growth for years to come now these guys have crossed over into earnings and you know on my numbers based on the most recent half assuming no growth they're still you know they're like 60 pe or something like that so they are they are expensively priced. You need them to grow yeah. to ultimately uh, you need justify big it. evangelical churches in America or Europe, and yeah. which are big, like you need to keep on winning new churches. Yeah. And then, yeah, you should get that wonderful multiplication effect, and you yeah. can get good growth. Now, the question is for shareholders, and whether you want to buy or not today. And I don't own, and I'm not buying. But the question is is you can take you know my heuristic approach, which is oh, it's not a good sign when the founders are stepping away and stuff like that. Or you could say, actually, that's fine. It's nothing to worry about there. They've just had their journey with the company. Right. They want to use the money for other things. Fine. And now there's a new CEO and she seems really a great, you know, she speaks well. She has, seems to have good experience, good strategy. She's been with the company for years. So she seems like a good fit. And so you could also take the approach that says, well, actually, this is going to be fresh blood now. We've got people in who are, who are here. They want to be there for right. a few years. They're not trying to exit and they'll take it to the next level. Hmm. So part of me thinks... Well, that's actually a reasonable thing. Maybe mm. now that you have a new group in there, you can mm. actually mm. just go up and up mm. and better things. But for me, unfortunately, I'm a bit of a diehard to my old um, theory. And, and even though it's sometimes wrong, mm. generally speaking, I prefer okay. to see good alignment. And I just don't see that as much as I like okay. to see yeah. it. So I wait and see you have to be careful when the founders are selling out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not a vote of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go, Craig. Thank you for that. Uh, hey, here on the call, we have our own fantasy portfolio that we've been tracking since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner NAB Trade. Any stock that gets two thumbs up from our expert panel goes into the portfolio. If it comes up again, even if it's in front of a different panel uh, and doesn't get unanimous approval, it goes out. Let's see how we're going. For the week, up 1.7%. For the month, up 5 and 3 quarter percent since the 1st of July last year up just over 30%. Some of the stocks recently added uh, by our expert panels, Globe, CSL, Alcidian, National Tire and Wheel, and Car Sales. Some of the stocks are removed, Webjet, Premier Investments, Intertech Pivot, if you want to look at all the stocks in the portfolio. 
head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. All right, let's get into our second five stocks. We'll need to uh, hurry it up a bit because of the time. Uh, Claude, Kevin wants a view on Altium, the big software developer. Yeah, so these guys do software uh, for sort of circuit board chip design and stuff like that. So your, start, your starting point here is this is a pretty interesting business, right? It's yep. software. A lot of it is recurring revenue. They're moving more and more to a software as a service model rather than on-premise. So that generally is a heuristic that I love to see uh, because it, it means it's a good quality business with demand tailwinds with an improving business model. So that's a lovely combination. However, uh, what has that doesn't mean it's a perfect business. And there's a few features which has led to the, that share price coming down and justifiably so, because basically in their last results, revenue was down about 4%, which is not much, but not what, what, not what you want to see with a supposedly sticky software business. Yeah. Uh, you had a profit well down, I think, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was well down. Mm. And on top of that, uh, they say that they're having problems with like compliance activity. I'm not inclined to sure what that means, but I basically compliance activity in their China market. So I think okay. that basically that means people that have their software aren't paying for the software. Right. And there are various things a company can do to counteract that. But generally speaking, I've noticed an ASX companies when they start to say, oh, we had heaps of money coming from China. And then for whatever reason, one results to like, oh, it turns out we're getting less money mm. from China now. That's gone backwards. Yep. I can't think of too many examples where that directional change has suddenly flipped back to going up mm. again. Usually yeah. it goes up and up and up mm. and then something's happening in China market that yeah. I don't understand and then it goes it's down. It's really easy to do business in China. It can be a lot harder to get paid yeah, in China and get the money out of China. And there has been some, and this is not going to happen to Altium by the way, but there have been some spectacular blow-ups on the ASX when China revenues have just actually yeah. not started arriving. Foslock comes to mind. It was a real yeah, blow-up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, like that is not something that I love about it. And then uh, you just basically have the things I expected after they announced those results. I expected that they would have a good, like a real down to their share price, like really tanking down to maybe $20 or below. Yeah. And so I was kind of beginning to look around and be like, oh, okay, because this is not an all, it's not all a China story. They're, they're a global story. Mm. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter if they can't make it work in China, even though that is important to them. But it's just not gotten cheap enough for me to get interested, okay. to be quite honest. And then the final thing is, these guys go too far with their investor, in my opinion, in the, with their invest, they're very slick in the, their investor relations material and stuff. And they must have used the word flywheel so many times <laughs> in their life. It's this flywheel and that flywheel. And it's like, well, mate, your revenue's gone backwards. So I don't think your flywheel's working, right? Like the flywheel's supposed to be when this is going and it's all, all right. so, okay. so they need to fix that. And then it'll be a buy. I'm sure this will be a buy so one it's, day. It's that that balance between keeping investors informed and being too slick about it. It, really. it was impacted by COVID. I think yeah. the, the big disappointment last year was that the, the impact from COVID was was bigger than yeah. people had expected. Um, I mean, I I used to be a shareholder for quite quite a number of years for uh, Altium. I'm no longer. Um, I think the business case here is is a lot riskier than it was over the years the years past. Yeah. And it's um, on top of, I don't necessarily agree with everything that, uh, that Claude just said. For example, the problem they have in China is that there are too many people out there who use their software without paying, and that is possible. Mm -hmm. the, the, the challenge is to, to get them to pay for it, which a lot of businesses have as a problem. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the other problem they have is, is competition, essentially. 
Um, they're not the only one. Like the, the, the story of Altium over the past years has been they have the superior products, they are taking market share, and they are gradually becoming the number one in that sector. They had very lofty goals set forward, and they were meeting those goals. Uh. That story has now changed in that competition is now clawing back market share. There was pricing pressure on their on their prime right. product, and they unfortunately also had to tell the market we are not going to meet our targets. Mm. It sounds a bit like the the rollout of vaccines in Australia. Yeah. Um, so what the market now has done is it's still pricing Altium as a as a as a high growth stock, but it's sort of in between. Now we're not going to make it really cheaply. We're not going to price the whole potential in. So I would here take a wait and see approach and see how they how they travel over the next 12 months and how they're going to cope with uh, with and china and competition all of that okay. because if they if they still disappoint which is not out of the question that share price might actually get to levels that, that claude just mentioned mm -hmm. and you don't want to be on board okay but i would love to buy it then oh yeah I think right. this is a long-term oh yeah. business but, but you okay. saw it with appen for example and the, they and did the go CEO to 16. as well like he's done it yeah. he's taken this thing yeah, so yeah, far absolutely, so it's really absolutely. Yeah. but it's a transformation period now all right, uh, Jack wants a view on 4D Medical. The uh, the imaging uh, business just been through an IPO, uh, also has some sales of its um, software, uh, lung imaging mm. software, In um, has got TGA approval yeah. here in uh, Australia. I'm, I'm happily passed this on to Claude, because I know right. he's, he's, the, he's the resident expert right. on this one. I, I knew that Rudy would have liked this one because it's actually, <laughs> even for me, it is super high risk, right? right. So these guys have, yeah. they do have some little bit of revenue, but they're essentially yes, pre-revenue, right? right? So what they've done is they've come up with this technology that essentially allows them through imaging to monitor someone who's actually breathing in mm. and out with their lungs. Right. So traditionally, to try and get a really good lung sound, you have to put, I think, radioactive stuff in your lungs mm. and then they essentially take a photo mm. of that and, that, okay. and the, where the radioactivity is shows them where the air is getting in mm. their lungs. That's, don't quote me on that, I'm not a doctor there. I'm sure there are viewers that understand yeah. it better than I. But the point is, this is revolutionary in terms mm. of mm. that won't be needed. And what's more, they can see in real time the inflating and deflating mm. of the lungs which can give you so much more information. Now, so let's put aside, that's the story, that's the tech. The, the idea is, look, this, and this can be rolled out in a soft, there's a software mm. company oh, and yeah. that this is, so it has a potential that's good success, business yeah. model when it gets up and running. Now, what we've seen recently is they've floated, a bunch of people like me, in, in, after they floated, sort of started getting on board, the, you know, retail investors and people that were just willing to do a little bit of a risky investment. Yeah. And then it started getting real popular for no reason that I understand. And then what they've done is they've basically, they've raised capital very recently, again, at $1.55. And I participated in that as well. I got some tiny fraction of the shares I applied for. Mm. And they've raised $45 million, $43 million at least. And on top of that, they got a grant from the government mm. for almost $29 million over the next five years. Mm. So that, and that's important, A, because of the money, but B, because it's just yet another point that shows that there's been a whole bunch of experts that have looked at this technology and said, we genuinely think it's, um, it's, it's an important thing. And you can be sure that if before the government's agreeing to give them $29 million, there's going to be some real experts mm. looking over this, checking it, okay. double checking it, it's right. right. And yeah, so basically, and then my final one is this, like yeah. this is what uh, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation said. They said, um, having seen the developments during stage one, we're even more excited by the obvious potential of this technology and its capability for use in 
diagnosing and monitoring lung disease. So for me, all of the little bits are in place that this is the real deal, but now we're just waiting for them to yes. deliver. Okay, and cool. that could be a long way. Because they yeah. are hemorrhaging cash. Yeah, so all yeah, they're doing right now is... It's literally going out the door, yes. Right, yeah. okay. So they raise, what, 56 million in the... 46, yeah. Oh, uh, in the For, IPO, then went oh, for another raise and then the government yeah. funding. Yes. But so they've got a lot of all, cash, all but they have no real yes. revenue. The idea so, is there and they so will need cash. Or? So I own shares now and I recently right. bought in the capital raising, right. oh, but of course, yeah. of course, I'm totally biased to this kind of business. Like, right. I think it's going to help people. I love the tech. If it works, it will be a great mm. business model, mm. but that is a huge... So you're saying it's a high risk... Super high risk buy. play, but probably yeah, a high risk buy to me okay. basically. All so right. only a tiny bit of your portfolio should go in something so high risk. Okay, all right, we got to get a wriggle on Bravura Solutions. Alex wants a view on this is um, software platform for uh, uh, for the wealth management industry, financial services. Yeah. So, and my understanding of this one has been that it's grown by so it has a bit of a long software sales cycle, right? So it's not necessarily a smooth grower every year. And also on top of that, it grows by acquisition. So even though, um, you know, it does have some, or it has at least at times had some organic growth, growing by acquisition is not as good because it costs you money. You have to buy, like what you really want to find in the top quality software companies is if they do acquisitions, it's just add on and strategic. They've actually got the organic growth really strong. And then if we just look at the numbers, you know, the normalized EPS in 2020 was 17 cents. I'm looking at forecasts that say in 2023, the estimates, consensus estimates according to CapIQ is 17 cents. So this might be a software company, mm. which is great, mm. but just because a company is a software company doesn't mean that I'm going to so be jumping in it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, to me, it's flat. Okay. And, and so for me, I have just, if I'm looking for a software stock, I'm looking for a growing software yeah. stock. Yeah. So not for me. I'm surprised by, by the forecast. I'm, uh, anyway. Uh, I'm a little bit more positively screwed to this one. Whoa! There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is actually, uh, on my observation, this is a, a, a company that is quite highly regarded in, in, in what it does. If you look at the, the, the numbers from the past years, they actually look quite good. Revenue goes, goes up every year. The reason why they buy companies is because they buy customers, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's a very sticky well, sector. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you have a customer, the customer is, for a customer to change, uh, you have to do a lot more, basically. Yep. Yep. Um, I think their problem here is the UK. Uh, and like, I, I own Iris in my portfolio, mm -hmm. and they, they couldn't do anything good until maybe two weeks ago. Right. And now the share price is moving, and I think that's because of the UK is looking better. Right. So all businesses that have a big part in the UK, I think they've just been smashed and nothing is happening there. I think Imbravura is probably similar. In that, for example, last year, one of their biggest, bigger customers um, merged with another customer and then decided to right. no longer under the contract with, with Bravura. Okay. Uh, and that on, those, on these small cap companies has a big impact. So yeah. I think you could actually, it, it looks really cheap here. I'm surprised yeah, that, so the, forecast, that the forecast is not, <coughs> not better because I'm sort of taking the view, at some stage, the, the, the holdup in the UK is gonna be worked, worked right. through. And then the upside, if they if they start getting positive momentum again, the upside will be huge. So are you saying yes? I think it's 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 worth it's worth adding to the portfolio and be patient. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, that's how you make hmm. money on the stock markets is, yeah. is when the expectations yes, exactly. are lower yeah. Yeah. and you think that they're going yeah. to be better, and you're right. That's when you make okay. good exactly. money. Similar sort of company, 
uh, mainstream group. Sammy wants a view on that. Yeah. Um, fund administrator yeah. for fund managers, super yeah. trustees, listed companies had a takeover offer. Yes, it's a bit. Then another one came in. It's a bit different. This is more. This is more like um, no, like link administration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why it, why it landed on my radar because I I used to own Link for for a period and Link is one of those companies that completely lost its way and yeah. better not to be on board there. Um, Mens this one uh, unfortunately also lost its way as well. So obviously mm -hmm. that's not a sector uh, that delivers on promise. Now the advantage in this one is it lost its way, it, it got a little bit uh, without direction for 18 months or so. And then guess what, someone comes along and says like, I'll have it. Yeah. Um, luckily for shareholders, uh, this, the, another suitor came on board and yeah. really outbid the first one. Yeah. I think this story is over. I mean, the, yeah. the yeah. second bidder has, has, has done its job. The first bidder is probably not, because in order to win this, they have to go with a, with a premium to an already very premiumized yeah. bid. Yeah. So I think this story is over. Don't yeah. be interested anymore. If you own it, might as well sell it on the market. It, it, it saves you from all the admin and all of that. Yeah. And um, over. No? I've got nothing to add to that. Yeah. I think it's okay. summarized. So nicely. sell. Yeah. All right. Let's go to a. Uh, we've had a few tech stocks today. The smaller end of the market. Let's go. Good old fashioned Aussie pub owner. ALE Property Group. Kate wants a view on that. What? Six, 86 pubs, yes. five states. Um, what do you reckon? There were times when. Um, when 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 a, a bond, well this is actually a, a bond a derivative in the share market. Yeah. I mean, there is not much there in growth. They are a little bit inflation protected, but it's not much there. In an environment now, I'm, I'm assuming that the share price has performed not too badly recently because bond yields are, are retracing. Yeah. So that's that little yeah. thing up there yeah. in March. But in general, if we are in an environment where bond yields are trending higher, then it's much better to have an industrial that that that, that gives yeah. you a yield. Yep. and with growth because um, it may well be that it looks attractive because you get your four or five percent in yields yeah but if you if you even if it goes down by two percent in share price then I mean there's no mm. that's not much to be had so okay. I'm not a big fan of, of this one well it's not my area but I will say this it is the biggest pub landlord in um, <laughs> Australia so if yeah. you wanted to do a lot of stock <laughs> research then maybe this could be a fun one to do tax well, deductible <laughs> Thanks or after spending a lot at the pub, you want to get your own back, at least get a return on it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so uh, that's the one key point. This could be a fun one to research. And then the other key point is they are basically saying that there was a rent review of their Victorian pubs, which did not rise the rent and should have risen the rent. And they're now taking that to court. Right. And if they're successful there, mm. they might you might see a bit of an uplift. So that's right. just a key thing to keep in mind. Okay. All right. Let's recap our final five stocks. Uh, Altium, uh, a wait from Rudy, a, a no from Claude. 4D Medical, no from Rudy. High risk buy if you want to get into it um, uh, from Claude. Bravura, a, a yes from Rudy, a no from Claude. Uh, mainstream, sell out. You've ridden it up. Going to make hay. Why not? Uh, ALE property, a no. Uh, Claude Walker from Rich Life. Good to see you. Follow Claude on Twitter. He's always very controversial. Gives me some really good information. Gives me a chuckle every so often. He gets into wars with Twitter followers. It's <laughs> fabulous. I love it. Thanks, David. Uh, and ProMedicus. Yeah, it's going Still well today. Well. I'm happy because yeah. it's almost at all time high. <laughs> I can't help being happy. It's, like, it's such a big position. Pro, yes, exactly. Pro but I'm not really buying. features, but uh, go to the uh, Rich Life 
platform to some great information. Mm. Rudy from FN Arena, good to see you. What have you been covering I, I, I lately? I saw CSL's in the portfolio. Yes. Um, one of the things we are about to uh, point out is that next week on the 22nd of April, yeah. my birthday by the way, oh. um, there's World Earth Day and yes. the Biden administration is going to make a big announcement on that day, all about oh. renewable sustainability and all of that. So oh. there might be some consequences in the share market from that. So for Meridian? Could be, yes. But yes. also for uh, Whitehaven. Might be bad for some people, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there. All right, thank you, chaps. Um, now that's our show for today. Look, if you want any stocks for us to uh, look at, email the call at osbiz.com.au with any suggestions or tweet us using the Osbiz TV Twitter handle. And thanks to all our Twitter viewers who have been taking us live as well for the last hour or so. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, sign up to the Osbiz app if you want uh, a lot more of this every day. Uh, for those, uh, if you want to look at the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And if you want a complete wrap up of the day in business and markets and finance, subscribe to the Osbiz newsletter. You get Scuddy's View, uh, the Close of Business uh, podcast, the CIB podcast. All the popular videos, links to them during the day, subscribe osbiz.co forward slash COB. And on the Startup Daily Show from 2 p.m. this afternoon, Rob Bristow from uh, Investable joins us as he tells about the big opportunity investors are missing in VC funding, venture capital funding. That's coming up on the Startup Daily Show. Rod's amongst a whole bunch of founders that join us uh, every day, venture capitalists, um, it's a lot of fun in that uh, unlisted private equity market. Uh, a lot happening on Ausbiz for the rest of the day. We'll be back after the break.